0: It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. We have the Genesis Scottish Open taking place across the pond. Playing some golf and and then some more golf. Set your alarms because we got to wake up early for these two weeks. Live lives on, and we have two guests from over there in Scotland as well. Back in the saddle here in the studio with my man Wade Weezer. Golf's most entertaining hour. Light it up, brother. 4th of July vacation for everyone yeah. that took it during this week versus the last. How
0: about you there, Mr. Wade Weezer? How was your 4th of July weekend? It was nice. Went to LBI, saw lots of fireworks, lots of illegal fireworks on the beach. It was wonderful. Oh, well, it, <laughs> I mean. It, like a cop came by on the beach and like we saw him talking to people and I guess he was saying do what you want. I'm not coming back because after that, there was like six great shows on the on the, uh, on the the beach right there. So good, good on him.
1: Hey, man, it's like going to Disney World without paying for the tickets. Exactly. Uh, good for you. Good for you. It was a great Fourth of July weekend. I was down the shore myself. And, uh, you know, so I think we both uh, made the most of our week off, which is nice to hear, you
0: know. Nice and refreshed.
1: Yes. Oh, of course. Of course. We're back in the saddle here, folks. And before I get lost in today's tangents, Uh, First and foremost, my dad turned 75 today.
0: Oh, look at that. So
1: I've got to – he's probably not happy I just mentioned his age. But today's his birthday. So, uh, Stanley, enjoy the day, and uh, I will see you later tonight for dinner. So I'm super happy about that. Another thing I'm super happy about – got to go – got a whole laundry list of things here, my friend, because we we missed a week. But our man, Will Dixon, he won the G-Pro Tour Championship a week ago. So last week, end of the week – uh, that tour, it's called the G Pro. It's about uh, it's the tour. It's a mini tour that's under the Corn Ferry tour, and he played uh, last week three three day event, and I think it was uh, twenty nine birdies and three eagles. Later, he uh, he won the event by one on the final day, fifty four hole event, and he is the now tour champion of the of the G Pro uh, schedule for. It must have been 2021-22 schedule. They start uh, in September. So, uh, congratulations to him and uh, lots of good tidings for him last week. So, uh, I have to mention him. I'd I would be remiss if I did not. And very I'd, remiss. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we have two very cool guests this afternoon. Uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna we're gonna cross the uh, the Great Atlantic and we're gonna talk to some people over there in uh, Scotland and England. Uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, the first one is going to be Jerry Savardi. He's the CEO of the Renaissance Club, which just happens to be the host club of the Genesis Scottish Open that uh, they are taking that is taking place right now. The PGA Tour, they're playing. Um, Set your alarms. You know, they started about three in the morning and uh, it's, it's definitely my favorite time of year. I love getting up early. Uh five in the morning, house is quiet, it's dark, the dog doesn't even get up with me. I go down. (laughs) Smart dog. Yes, exactly. I go down and I watch the golf and it's just so different. The guys have sweaters on and they're battling the elements and it's just so different than, you know, watching, you know, I don't know, T P C sawgrass or something like that. You know, it just it just looks different. It plays different. They're using the ground to play golf. It's just I just absolutely love I don't know it's because if because I'm Scottish or I wore a kilt at my wedding. I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling you. It's... Did you
0: wear a kilt at your wedding? I
1: did. That's so I cool. Did. So did my dad.
0: Nice. You know?
1: Hey, oh, there we go. Mention number two. You know? So, <laughs> yes, we yes we both did. Um, I didn't put the groomsmen through all of that. They just had
0: the that was uh, nice of you. Stuart plaid um, uh, clan colors for the... Uh, geez, I shouldn't say I'm that. I'm sure there was some alcohol involved. So they could have been a little bit, uh, you know, not into wearing it. And <laughs> they might have missed the whole point. Yeah, you know, they just went bow tie and cummerbund.
1: I, <laughs> I, I spared them the, um, you know, I, well, the formal attire, I, the formal, the formal Scottish attire. But yes, no, there are pictures of me in a kilt in my nice. wedding uh, with my beautiful wife Lori. And uh, our second guest today, um, Sam Barstow, professional golfer, twenty-three years old from Sheffield, England. He's playing this week in the European Amateur Team Championships, which is a big deal over there. Every country sends a team. They're playing at Royal St. George's, which is actually where they played the 149th Open Championship last year, Mm -hmm. won by Colin Morikawa. And he played in that Open Championship last year, and he's playing in the 150th Open Championship this year at St. Andrews. So we're going to talk to somebody who's playing next week at St. Andrews. Uh, He is our second interview of the day, and we'll have a little weekly update and some more fun and Shenanigans, Um, yes, you know I'm addicted to the shindig. There's no doubt about that. Uh, (laughs) Totally, yeah it's it's just it's just an awesome time of year uh, because it's just different. You know, it's just we're so used to playing golf a certain way. And all the golfers that are out there listening that, that you understand what I mean. You know, you hit it in the air and then the ball kind of goes. And every once in a while you might get some windy conditions or some wet conditions. But, you know, this week it's it's the middle of summer. It's July over there. And they're playing golf and it's, I don't know, 65 degrees, mm. you know, for like five minutes at 3 p.m. <laughs> you know, while the wind's blowing 30. I mean, they're over there on the firth of fourth. And it's just, you know, this is a coastal golf course. It's just sitting there, just getting totally beat by the elements. And the and the guys are out there. They're doing the best they can. Now, after round one, Cameron Tringali was your leader. He shot a nine under 61. So it's not been proven yet whether or not he was actually playing the Renaissance Club or if he, he, was, he was playing somewhere else because everybody else just got absolutely beat up by this place. He did play in the morning wave, and this is one of the big stories of the day. The morning wave, the AM guys. They their average score of the wave was four tenths of a point over par, or four, four tenths. tenths of a stroke. Okay. so point four okay. of a stroke over par, right? The PM three and a half shots over par. So wow. I guess it gets windy there in the afternoon, is what I'm told. You know Sorry. that one? Yeah, that, that that seems to check out. Oh man, you know the guys in the afternoon. So think about this, right? So he shot nine under sixty one, and if you went out in the afternoon and you just played average, you were twelve shots back. So oh, man. I guess look forward to next week. You know, I don't know. It's uh, Gary Woodlip was in second, little sixty-four. Again, another morning guy. Justin Harding, sixty five. That's your top three right there. Your notables, uh, after the round one, Rom, Speeth, Cam Smith, Justin Rose at minus two, that's tied fifteenth. Um, Fitzpatrick, your US open champion. Uh Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, plus one. They were tied fifty one. Xander plus two. And uh Scotty JT. I don't know, maybe they Showed up late, plus three. It's a tight 89th. You know, it looks like they're on. You know, one of the things that, and I tweeted this out this morning, is that I don't think people appreciate Tiger Woods enough. And and here's what I'm going to have to say. The guy made it through 142 cuts in a row. Scotty Scheffler is having an unbelievable year. He's number one in the world. He's got four wins. He is... You know, way ahead in the FedEx Cup points. Uh, he, you know, he's one of the favorites to win the British Open next week. And this guy, he, he could, ball all intents and purposes, miss the cut. JT just won the PGA, missed the cut. I mean, 142 cuts in a row, folks. Think about it. That's years worth. And these guys, you know, about every 15 events, they miss a cut. They just, they just don't
0: play well enough. I mean, to me, that's like for that. That's the Tiger Woods. It's not like it's it's like not fair to compare the two though. It's like it's Tiger Woods and everyone else. That's how you have to look at it. You know, but everyone there, oh, you know, it's Scott, like Mariana Rivera. You know what I mean for closers. Oh. You can't compare him to everyone because it's just not fair.
1: Now we're talking about now. Now we're talking. You know, Mo was the goats. Mo, oh golly, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of goats, right? Um, we're gonna take you really quick over to. The JP McManus Pro Am, which took place earlier this week over in Ireland, right? And the GOAT was there, Tiger Woods. He was playing a little golf. Now, a lot of people are like, who is JP McManus? Um, I got to meet JP when I worked at Isleworth back in the day. Um, he is a very affluent man that over there from Ireland. And he does a tremendous, tremendous job paying uh, his fortunes forward in order to try to help Ireland and healthcare over there. And so, about every five years, COVID or. Sometimes there's challenges. but COVID, give or take. Yeah. uh, About every five years, he gets together a group of people um, to raise money for his charities, and he brings in a number of golf professionals, uh, PGA Tour, European Tour guys. Um, Of course, I mean, the, the, the list for this was, you know, a who's who of the best in the world. You know, you had Xander there, Sam Burns, Shane Lowry, Terrell Hatton, Patty Harrington, JT, Colin, DJ, Brooks, of course, Tiger, Rory. Everyone comes out for this guy because he's just he's done so many wonderful things for the game of golf and for the people of Ireland and the people around the world. So they had a little pro-am on Monday, Tuesday this week, which was won by Xander uh, at 10 under. So I'm just recapping this a little bit. He had a little 64-70. It's just a two-day pro-am. Uh, Sam Burns was second. Shane Lowry was third. Terrell Hatton was fourth. Patty Harrington, fresh off of his U.S. Open senior win uh, at Saucon, nearby Saucon Valley, he was fifth. Um, Tiger struggled a little bit, but you know what he's uh he's out there playing golf and we get to enjoy him and his candor um he was pretty good uh amongst the whole thing and uh he's he's getting ready for the 150th open championship we didn't get to see him at the u.s open which is a bummer so um it it's one of those things i i tell people all the time when you see tiger playing now take advantage mm-hmm. because it's just not gonna last forever you know it's it's, it's one of those things um you never appreciate those things
0: enough when they happen. You know what did Cinderella say? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, you
1: know what? I mean that's that's why you're the best. You encapsulate all of my thoughts, feelings, and sentiments
0: into '80s hair battle hair band uh, song titles. that's <laughs> <laughs> what and, I do.
1: And here I was, I thought you were quoting Disney princesses. Oh, See, yes. no, yeah, no, okay. no, wrong Cinderella. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of legacies, and uh, not certainly Mister JP McManus's, but uh, the Live Saga continues, my friend. They've they've somehow run their second event out mm. there in um, the golf mecca that is uh, Oregon. <laughs> Do <laughs> um, they sell
0: tickets this time? Um, th-
1: th- so they say, but I wouldn't believe everything you hear. Um, A comps maybe. <laughs> well, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, this thing just keeps carrying on and on and on right and I keep ev- every I tell you every single day it doesn't matter where I am I'm watching fireworks and someone's like they're like hey KJ what do you think about the live thing you know what do you think about the live thing mm-hmm. right and, and you know it's it's just one of those things uh, I've gotten to this point in life folks because I tend to not overreact to things I like to let the wine breathe okay I'm mm-hmm. not in a rush and uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, being from New Jersey, uh, I drive like I'm in a rush or whatever because I like to get from point A to point B. Let's just say I'm motivated, but when it comes to things like this that pop up, startups and everything, you know, it's just I, I think people need to like kind of like assess things a little bit more. Um, my opinion on live. Let, let's go through a couple facts. Let's just start there first. I believe the consumer will decide, and, sure. curr- and currently the, the consumer is just not into it.
0: Okay, they decided with VHS and beta, didn't they? They did. They decided with HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, correct? They did. They know what they're talking about. They did. Uh, Coke and New Coke. (laughs) Absolutely. There's one for you. Right, yes. So
1: TV, the media, the coverage is, you know, they're propelling this story, right? They keep it going. They keep it going. They keep it going. I I assume the players that went to live don't really want to answer all the questions that they have to give them. You know, it's right. It it just seems so awkward. And and you know, the the press conference leading up to this event last week was just really, really confrontational. And um I mean I, I don't think that really sells people on wanting to watch it, that's for sure.
0: Right. So people are sick of confrontation and conflict and all that stuff.
1: Oh, I mean I I know you and I are. Enough. Right? Yes. That's why we shake hands before we start every that's, show. That's right, no. but I mean no one's watching this thing. You know, the average amount of viewers. On YouTube is sixty 000 to seventy thousand people. Um shocker folks. I mean, there'll be more people than that for practice rounds at the hundred and fiftieth Open
0: Championship
1: next week. I have more than that know? on
0: my OnlyFans page. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. You
1: have more <laughs> friends like that on, on MySpace. Anyway, um, so I, I just, you know, at the end of the day, the average person that watches golf on TV is sixty four years old, Wade. Mm-hmm. All right. You think that they're going to YouTube and they're looking for Brooks Kepka? You know, to, maybe not. No, exactly. oh, I,
0: I think today's 64 year old, though, is is more tech savvy, more with it than, say, you know, the 64 year olds of 20 years ago. I get that. But at the end of the day, there isn't a company out there. Let's just take somebody who's got tons
1: of money like Amazon or Apple or something. No one's no one's vying for coverage of this thing. Right. You know, and it's like nobody cares. No one's right? fighting over. Yeah. So everyone keeps asking me for my opinion on something that I can't figure out who cares about it yet. I mean, that's my challenge. So when people come up to me and they say, what do you think of this? I said, my my problem is right now, after two events that they barely ran successfully, and these were exhibitions, I can't find anybody that's really into it, right? You know, I mean, people, they're like, you know, and there's comparisons to like other exhibitions because the Ryder Cup's an exhibition. It's like, well, we'll pump the brakes, everybody. Okay. First of all, there's tradition, history, and there's a little bit more, you know,
0: uh, um, uh, nationalism fervor there. You yeah, know? So but, It was supposed to be an exhibition with Apollo Creed and Drago, but, you know. Yeah. It didn't work Sup-
1: out. <laughs> supposed to be an exhibition. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing, though. Like, if
1: there's no, like, the guys that are playing in it are treating it like an exhibition. Like, hey, you paid me $10 million to show up, so that's what I'm doing, and I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, I whoever made the schedule up, <laughs> I'm not quite understanding why they scheduled the events when they did. Five of these events, they, so they have eight events this year. Five of them are going to take place during the NFL season. Right. Hello. <laughs> Strike I mean, one. Yeah. I mean, does, is there anybody in that whiteboard room that's like, you know, that's probably not the best idea? Um, has anyone Guys, looked? I've at,
0: been running the numbers, and
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I just don't know who's going to watch. And I, uh, I assume YouTube's available all over the world. I mean, uh, do we have to Google that or whatever? Isn't YouTube global?
0: Probably can't get in China.
1: Okay. All right, so parts of Korea, (laughs) there's still 6 billion other people, you know, out there that could consume this thing and they're getting 65,000 people to watch and stream it on YouTube. So I'm just, you know, I, I, I've got to see a little bit more from the players that they're into it. Yeah. It doesn't really seem that they're into it. They
0: don't take it seriously. Why should anyone else take it seriously?
1: Yeah. And you know, a lot's been said about Rory and JT and some of the leaders of the PGA tour coming out and saying, Hey, you know, yada, yada, like. Um, Billy Ho came out this week. Billy Horschel, and he he said basically, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites and everything. And and you know these guys are starting to get really frustrated with answering all these questions. And some people feel like Rory pivoted a little bit this week, but I don't think he did. He was just trying to like be smart because I think he's just sick and tired of talking about it. Yeah. But he said, you know, like maybe. Maybe the leaders of both sides should get together so we don't have to be the ones talking about this all the time. So I don't disagree with that. You know, if the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, which is the European Tour, and the Live Tour want to get together and discuss all of this, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, you want my opinion on this thing. I need to wait through at least one season, right? As of right now, I'm I'm with the PGA Tour players. It's kind of just, I'm sick of talking about it. Until they do something that's actually worth talking about and people are watching it and it doesn't feel like an exhibition, like a Shell's Wonderful World of Golf, then, I mean, I just don't know what to
0: say. You know, I, I just, I, I mean. It's a good answer. It's uh, undecided, inconclusive. Hey, I love the
1: PGA Tour. I love. Incomplete. All, I've had that, incomplete. There you go. That's it's it. definitely incomplete. You know, so my opinion's incomplete, you know, and some people may say that's a cop out or whatever, but folks just pump the brakes. Just wait <laughs> till the fall when there's 10,000 people streaming this thing on YouTube on a Saturday because college football is going crazy. All right. The, the, there's a million people watching college game day, which is a preview show, and there's nobody watching the live tour. You call me then and you let me know what my opinion is on that. I mean, it, it's the, the consumer will decide. And as of right now, the consumer is just not into it. But there's one thing in New Jersey I will tell you the consumer is really into there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Yes, sir. And that is, without a doubt, the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernards Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host golf programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. All right, it's about that's oh, all. Wow, it's almost about 3:20 here in New York, which makes it about 8:20 over there in Scotland. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'll be back in a moment with the CEO of the Renaissance Club, Jerry Savardi.
0: This constitute the reservation. Dishon Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're he, not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy. Keep he, clearing it out, y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Jenkins, team Bar, and me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. <laughs> <You know laughs> we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Tishon, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app.
1: The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming, led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit newjerseygolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's newjerseygolffoundation.org or 732-465-1212.
0: Time to get back on course as the Pro Show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back
1: to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN
0: 920. There are places I remember all my life, though some have changed.
1: Some people just make a difference. The Savardi family has made a tremendous impact on the golf ecosystem. The Renaissance Club is hosting the Genesis Scottish Open and their CEO Jerry Savardi has joined us to describe the experience fans, players and viewers will have. In my life, I've met a number of leaders in golf, but Jerry really stands out. Let's get to know his life a little more. Here we go. We're talking to Jerry Savardi from across the pond the CEO of the Renaissance Club. He is hosting the Genesis Scottish Open this week. Jerry, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon?
2: Thanks Keith, enjoy being here.
1: This has got to be one amazing week. What are you most looking forward to as this whole tournament plays out this weekend?
2: Well, you know, we've got 14 of the top 15 players in the world right now in the official world golf ranking and it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's just, we're we're so excited the field's not just the top 15 but you know the whole field is so deep it's just it's just an amazing and and the golf course right now is in fantastic condition we've had a relatively dry spring so that means it's hard and fast which is going to be interesting
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see all of this play out. Now, I know you just mentioned it right there, but the Renaissance team, they do a tremendous job of taking care of the golf course grounds and the people and the guests and everyone that's there. I'm curious, a lot of times for special events like the Genesis Scottish Open, um, you do something for, let's say, the player experience. Is there something new that you've done for the players this year to try to enhance their experience for the Scottish Open?
2: Well, you know, obviously, you know that the Genesis is the, you know, the, this is our inaugural event for the Scottish Open. So, you know, their team and, and the, the advanced team and, and the current team, and the, the it's, it's an amazing situation what's being done to raise the uh, awareness of this event for their brand. So the, the whole level of the Scottish Open, which is, you know, this is our fourth year of hosting this, so we can, we can make comparisons to the past. It's just at another level. It's phenomenal. Every, every detail is covered. Every detail about everything. From the spectators to the players' wives to the players themselves to making sure they're getting in and out. I mean, they've got vehicles for everybody. And, you know, a lot of the people coming to the event are coming from the States because it's co-sanctioned. So they're not driving on the other side of the road. So, I mean, they don't have to because there's 100 Genesis vehicles out here going all over East Lothian and Edinburgh and bringing all the players and everybody else out. I mean it's like I've had people have our members called up and said it looks like a Genesis you know driving out to to the club looks like a Genesis commercial
1: Well, um, all right. So let's talk about that from the locals' perspective and the fans that are coming, that are that are traveling in. What's the fan experience going to be like this week? I know it's been a couple years now since two thousand twenty when you had the fall version, no fans. We're bringing back fans slowly, but you know, two thousand twenty two has been a big year for fans in golf. What do you expect over there this
2: week? We've had uh, two weeks ago. They had more ticket sales than they've ever had for a week of Genesis Scottish Open or Scottish Open period, pre- and you know this is the 40th event. So the fan experience is fantastic. That We have a tented village with the Genesis brand and the Genesis display out there that's got all the vehicles that are current and the future. Uh, you, can, you can test drive a Genesis. You can come in and learn how to operate the Genesis, learn, and which, by the way, is a big advantage because I actually own a couple of them. and. <laughs> They're quite complicated, so you you need the tutorials to get through it. But it's it's just fantastic. I mean, and we're we're we're, t- we're touch wood right now on the weather. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of wind for the first time. We like I said earlier, we've hosted three of these already. We've only had one afternoon of wind in 2020, so we're hoping for a Scottish experience for everybody.
1: All right, now speaking of everybody, let's go to my television viewers, right? The folks that are going to be tuning in. This is the first time co-sanctioned event, so you're going to get a lot more of an audience watching more than you have when it was just DP World coverage, right? So now the PGA Tour is involved, and everyone's going to be watching. The Renaissance Club. What's the first impression going to be for the viewers that see this this magnificent piece of land?
2: I think that everybody's, uh, if I can repeat the... the um the comments that have come from the past and people that have been here—it's it, pretty phenomenal. And you're right, the fact that you know this year CBS is doing the broadcasting, uh, uh, you know, the coverage on the weekend. You know, obviously plus the Golf Channel, but I think everybody's going to be quite surprised at, at, at looking at what we've done and what we've created. The, the golf course just looks fantastic. It really does. I mean, it's hard, it's fast right now. It's very linksy. You're going to see it when the, when they play. Um, they're out there right now. It's it's blowing about 15 or 20 right now. The, the you know, practice rounds are outgoing, and I've had comments literally you know, starting last night from some of the players. They just love it. It's, it's a perfect complement and preparation for next week at the old course.
1: Well, all right, so you touched on it right there. There's a big event coming next week, just around the 1st of 4th, right? 150th Open Championship. Do you feel that there's a heightened sense this week for the Scottish Open leading up to it versus the other three versions?
2: Well, I I have to say that, you know, obviously the 150th, the fact that you mentioned earlier about COVID and the things that, you know, have kept people away and now everybody's coming. I mean, everyone's really excited. And you know, this 150th got delayed because of COVID. It was supposed to be a couple years ago. So you, you also know that they've sold out all four days, get two hundred ninety thousand people coming to St. Andrews. I mean, that fact alone is just incredible, and it's going to be—it's going to be hard to fathom uh, that the old course and the village and the town of St. Andrews is going to be able to absorb all that influx of people in in a you know very four, short four days. So it's it's really interesting, and I do think that the opportunity to come to see. A majority of the players who are going to be at the Open because our field is so strong. It's kind of like a, you know, it's the strongest DP World Tour they've ever had by far and away. I mean, the, if you look at the world golf numbers, and you look at, I, I probably shouldn't even say this, but it's one of the strongest events that's ever been. So the opportunity to see the players, you know, and the world world class players is just it's just fantastic.
1: Well, hey, congratulations, because what you've done to create that place and make it special, I mean, it's so well-deserved. But what I think is really interesting for my audience over here in New York is that we have an American's perspective on the 150th Open Championship. Now, I know you live over there, and you're the CEO of the Renaissance Club. But, you know, overall, I, I think that that presents kind of a unique experience for my listener this week. And speaking of unique experiences... Can you take me back in time? I love the story of how the club came together because you come from a golfing family. And, you know, for my listeners to give them a little background, you know, I mean, it deals with Pinehurst, the Duke of Hamilton. I mean, all of these things kind of came together. And then we have the Renaissance Club as it exists today. How did that get started?
2: Well, we're, I'm one of I'm one of nine children and obviously a Catholic family growing up in southeast of Cleveland, Ohio. And my father uh, started a golf outing for the family because we were living all over the states and everybody was living their lives and working and all my brothers and we we hardly ever got together so he said you know we're going to do this we're going to come play a couple days and it started in the late 90s and then in 2002 we ended up at pinehurst and how things like this happened you know there were other other friends and business associates that came to the event and there were 20 of us and one of them was a guy by the name of don lewis who was from Columbus. I had a brother living in Columbus at the time. And his Don Lewis was Pandle Savick's son-in-law. And Pandell Savick was Jack Nicholas's business mentor. And Don knew about the property because Don's brother-in-law, David Savick, wanted to get into golf architecture and he went to work for Golden Bear Designs. And that's how the the very first time that I came here got started, uh, Don in April said, hey, we were late one night. We played 36-hole. We're drinking a bunch of wine. We're all standing around. He goes, "Hey, you guys want to build a golf course in Scotland?" And we just we said, "You idiot! That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life." And he said, "Yeah, but the property's right next to Murfield." And I said, "What does that mean? A mile away?" He said, "No, it's right next to Murfield." He pulled out this map. And so we're all standing around late at night. Actually, it was early in the morning. We're looking at this map, and we're looking at it, and he's showing the stone wall and Murfield on one side and the property on the other side. And we're all going, hey, man, let's build a golf course in Scotland. It was crazy <laughs> conversation, but that's how it got started. I mean, you're on golf's coast right there in
1: Scotland. You, literally, you are. Uh, you know, you abut the property of of your field. I mean, it's like the place is just fantastic. you know how how lucky do you feel to be the the man that you know every day shows up and runs day-to- day operations on on such just an unbelievable spot?
2: well, I, i'm I cannot tell you how how this, you know, I mean, I've been at this now. I first came over twenty years ago, and then I really got started about fifteen or sixteen years ago with you know day to- day basis when we built a course, et cetera. We and my brothers and I, we are so proud of what we've created here and the patience it takes and, and the determination and the persistence to keep put. you know, every, I can't tell you how many times people said, you can't do this. And over here in Scotland, you know, the word can't is canna. You canna do this. You canna do that. You canna do that. I kept saying, you know, I used to say, why can't I do that? And then if I, I changed it. I said, I kept saying to him, why can't I do that? Instead of why can't I do it? Why can't I do it? And it kept going on and, and I eventually got to the point in time where they knew me and they knew that with my word and they knew that I would do what I say I would do and, and people gained confidence. And that's how we've been able to get to the point where we are today because we've been persistent, patient, understanding and compromising. And it's just worked and we're we're, we're just ecstatic right now. It's, just, it's a fabulous time to be here. And I, I'll just mention one thing. You know, for years and years and years, I just talked to people and say, you know, what do you want to be to, when you grow up? And, and now, after 70-plus years, I can say, what do I want to be when I grow up? I want to be me because I'm living the life. It's just fun. Oh. All
1: right, so let's talk about that life for a second. And you mentioned it, your dad, the influence of golf, your family's connection to the game. How did that all begin? How did you, How did your dad get involved in golf? And then why was it such an important part of you growing up?
2: Well, actually, what we got him involved in golf because what happened is, you know, I was, I was nine when I first started caddying at Aurora Country Club in Aurora, Ohio. And the reason to caddies is because we didn't have enough money for, for clothes. We were, you know, we were a large family with a bunch of kids. And so you had to go make some money if you wanted clothes because otherwise you were wearing hand-me-downs. That's the way it was. So I was the second oldest, and my oldest brother, there were four of us in a row within about five years. My parents kept having kids, and we all caddied. You know, my brother was 11, I was 9, 8, 7, and we started making money. And that's and, and I got involved in it. And, and by the time I was 17, there, there in 1967, there was a the the, Aurora, the the Cleveland Open was at Aurora Country Club, and I was the caddy master. And I and back then, there weren't pro caddies, so all the pros gate you know had to come to the locals for a caddy match And I assigned all the caddies for the Cleveland Open in 1967, Aurora Country Club. And that's how we got started. And we, you know, we went on our ways. Things changed, various. But we all love golf, and we play golf. And then there's, you know, there's other stories that can, were probably too long for this. But my, you know, I have a younger brother who formed a company. And now it's a public company. It's the name of it's Insperity and they're a human resource company in Houston, Texas. And uh, it, it's been in existence for 30 plus years. They're they're a PGA Tour seniors, Champions Tour sponsor. For this, their, this is upcoming, their 20th year, and he became, through t- through golf and, and doing this and the combination of those two things, we became enthralled with the game. And we always, we've always, always held it dear to heart. So it's a big part of our lives.
1: I tell you, it, it's amazing to me. I do these interviews all the time. And when I talk to leaders like you in the game, there's such an amazing perspective about paying it forward because you know everything in life comes full circle. The earth is round, right? So you started with the game as a caddy, and then now you are basically a host to the Genesis Scottish Open. One of the things I think is really cool about what's going on at the Renaissance Club, tell my listeners about your foundation there. Because I think it, it really kind of breathes some of the essence and the fabric of what your family represents in creating not just this project, but the, making the game better for future generations,
2: we're we're we are so engaged in that, and that. So so over the over the past few years, you know, the club has continued to grow, and et cetera, et cetera, and you know, we've got a lot of people, a lot of really really type A members and business leaders from all over the world. And so the past 12 months, we've started the charitable foundation. And why are we starting a charitable foundation right now? Well, the, the purpose of that charitable foundation is to give back. Give back to the kids. Give back to the game of golf. Give back to all the things that have generated in us. That, that you know that have helped us grow to the people that we are today, and that's our members are are, are so similar in nature to that, and we're, we're one big family here, and we've been we've been very fortunate with what we've been able to t- attain in life, and we want to give back, and that's that's what the charity's going to do. It's just getting started, so it's it, you know it's got a ways to go, but but we're going to support youth through the game of golf through various various methods and, and programs that we can. Um, we've been a big supporter of the Stephen Gallagher Foundation, which is which is you know a similar organization that has the same goals, and we're going to continue to do that. So we're excited about the future.
1: Jerry, how proud are you to be hosting your fourth Scottish Open?
2: I, it's hard for me to describe in words how proud I am of what we've accomplished here because it's truly amazing. And as I see these, these young kids, these young pros come back now for the fourth time, and they've been here before, and the things that they're saying, the compliments that we're getting, it's, it's a tremendously satisfying accomplishment in our lives. It really is.
1: You know what, Jerry? I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking to us this afternoon. I know it's a super busy week for you. Uh, you are the best, and I, I really do. I, I think about what your family means to golf, And then to go from America and to take it over there to Scotland and make the impression that you're doing and paying it forward, it's just a tremendous, tremendous story, and I'm so happy to share it with my listeners.
2: Thanks, Keith. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the golf. Watch it on television.
1: There's no doubt I'll be tuning in. Set those alarms like I told you. All right, up next, England's next superstar from Sheffield, Sam Barstow. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. My
0: life, I love you. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits, but what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy to understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, 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 I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart
1: it's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. This week, he calls us from Royal St. George's. Next week, he'll be teeing it up in the 150th Open Championship. Sam Barstow is one of England's fine young players making a name for himself globally on the golf course. From Sheffield to St. Andrews, he's the one I know will not only impress you with his skill, but entertain you with his wit as well. Well, it was a double win day in the European Amateur Team Championship for Sam Barstow, and he has a chance to celebrate with us here on the radio. So, Sam, welcome to The Pro Show. How are you today?
3: I'm good, thank you. Good, all good. All good after today.
1: (laughs) Playing in the European Amateur Team Championships, what does this week mean to you to qualify for England's team?
3: Uh, Yeah, it means a lot. I mean, first time I've ever played it. Um, I think it'd be great if we could go and get the gold medal on Saturday um sort of leading up to the open round of links course i think it'd be great prep for me so uh yeah hopefully we can get it done
1: well it's a proper links course you're at royal st george's how's the golf course and how's your game like i said in the opening you've won twice both your matches today so it seems like you're in pretty good form
3: uh yeah the golf course is it's a little bit easier than this time last year for the open the rough's a bit down um But the course is in great condition and it's great prep for next week. Uh, My game's in good shape. Uh, Played really nicely this afternoon. Had six birdies in, quite a bit of wind. So, uh, yeah, very pleased with it. Sort of looking into next week, I suppose. All right.
1: Well, you mentioned it right there. Last year, you qualified and you played in the 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's. What was it like playing in your first major championship?
3: Uh, (laughs) Nerve-wracking. Yeah. yeah, I never really played in front of crowds like that before. Um so sort of doing that for the first time in a major, uh yeah, it was nerve wracking. But uh I think it's something I can sort of build on sort of for next for next week. Uh sort of use my experience from that and sort of help me for next week. I know there's gonna be a few more people there. Uh and it's obviously at St Andrew's, but uh yeah, I think it'll definitely help me.
1: All right, let's go back to last year. You mean to tell me, as good as you are at golf, because I have a lot of listeners, right, that are just getting to know you. You're telling me you got to the first tee on Thursday and you were you were nervous?
3: Uh, yeah, very. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make contact with it. Um, luckily, I did. Uh, but I sort of made bogey on the first and settled down after that. Uh, I actually played with American Keith Mitchell that day Um and we were walking up the second, and I was like, oh, God, I was so nervous then. And he sort of, set, he sort of helped me down a bit. He went, don't worry, man, we all are. So, uh, yeah, sort of that was nice. Uh, and that sort of settled me down a bit.
1: I know you're, you're talking about it there, and you're saying that's what kind of settled you down. But does it take a good shot? What does it take to kind of get you into a round? You know, mm. everyone's nervous on the first tee, but what, what do you like to have happen in order to kind of get in your groove and then, you know, be able to start really playing?
3: I sort of guess, yeah, like you just said, really, I think just a good shot, really, or sort of a good decision or sort of just like committing to your routine. I think that's sort of quite a big thing. Um, But yeah, I think just a good shot, mainly. Once you get a good shot under your belt, I think it settles you in and sort of gives you the confidence for the rest of the way around. Round two at
1: Royal St. George's last year, you shot 72, just a couple over. Solid round in major Mm -hmm. championship conditions, right? What would you learn from that experience those first two
3: days? there in the 149th Open Championship? I think sort of just something that I definitely got better at, just sort of grinding out a score when when you don't have your best swing or your best game on that certain day. Um, I sort of, that's what I sort of noticed really out of, especially, well, like I just mentioned with Keith Mitchell on the first day, um, he sort of had a scrappy first all-save par and then was four under bogey free until the 16th um, and didn't really do a lot wrong. Um, I think sort of just just making sure you make pause when you need to, just to keep the momentum going. Um, and then after that, really, I think, I think sort of, yeah, I think that's sort of it, really. Just that, just just try and find something that keeps your momentum going and doesn't hold you. I'm curious, did you learn anything about yourself? I think so. I think I learned, really, that I had the game, really, sort of compared to the top guys. Um, I think I sort of, like, I didn't really go on the range and, like, think, oh, he strikes it so much better than me. Um, I sort of think once you get there, I think it's just staying there, and I think they—that's what they're very good at using the experience and um, just that. Really, I think I don't think the game's a lot different. Like like I was saying this week, like I think if you put this field this week at St George's into a, into a European tour event, and I think the same results would still come out like the same score. Um, it's just sort of the, the experience of it all and being there and doing it. I think that's the big thing.
1: You're gonna use the word experience there. How can you use yeah. last year's experience towards preparing for next week, which for all purposes is going to be an unbelievable week and a celebration of golf there in St. Andrews?
3: I think probably not play as many practice rounds. <laughs> uh, I just sort of tried to play with whoever I could really and you I did use it as a bit of a bit of an experience. Uh like I played with I played four full practice rounds. I played with Fleetwood. Uh, Willett Westwood Hovland Um, I probably played too much I was pretty tired on the Friday Um, so I think sort of this year probably play 18 once and then 9 twice just to like conserve my energy because hopefully I'll be through to the weekend this year so uh, I'll be needing I'll be needing my energy for the weekend
1: we're talking about the hundred and fiftieth Open Championship. And Sam Barstow, he's playing in that event next week. He's joined us this afternoon. He's the number 12th ranked amateur in the world. That's pretty good there, Sam. Number 12th ranked amateur in
3: the world. How does that feel? Yeah, it's good. Uh I think uh I had a good week at the British amateur. I got to the final. Uh unfortunately didn't get it done, but I think that helped my ranking quite a lot. Sort of came down ten or so spots. Um but it'd be nice to get into the top 10. Uh, that's something I sort of set out at the start of the year. That I wanted to do, get, get in the top 10 in the world. So uh, hopefully a good week at the Open, I can do that.
1: All right, let's talk about that Open for a second. You grew up in England, Sheffield, I believe. When was the first time you dreamed of playing in the Open at specifically St. Andrews?
3: I'd probably sort of say the first time i dreamt of playing with an Open was probably 2014 when the Open was at Hoylake. Uh, I remember watching Rory, uh, on the Friday and uh, I thought he was well I didn't think anyone could touch him at that certain point because he didn't miss a shot um, and I remember on the Saturday I followed Tiger uh, for the back nine um, and that's when I sort of thought yeah this would be pretty cool if I could do this uh, and I know well Tiger said he's going to be there so I would look forward to seeing the sort of Tiger buzz and the crowd around him sort of even just like maybe bumping into him in the clubhouse and stuff um, yeah so i will probably say at Hoy Lake, really. That was probably the first time.
1: All right, we're going to go back to a nervous question then. You know, everybody thinks about the first time they're going to bump into Tiger. Yeah. What do you think you'll say? Because everyone gets nervous because, you know, the goat walks (laughs) up to you and you get five feet away from him and you think you're ready to talk to him, but his presence is in the room. What do you you think you might say to Tiger?
3: Uh, Probably do what everyone else does and bottle it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but hopefully I can just muster up some words or something just to say to him. And uh, I don't know, hopefully get a photo with him, have a chat with him, whatever. I'll take anything. <laughs>
1: all right. My advice to you, having done it many times, just have something in mind because your mind's going to go yeah. blank when you get about two feet from him. <laughs> have you ever played St. Andrew's before? Uh,
3: yeah, I played it quite a bit. Um, there's an amateur tournament every there, there every year called the St. Andrew's links. Um, I think I played that three years now. It's not all around the old course. They play the, uh, one, the first round round one of the composite courses and then uh the last three rounds around the old course um so i played it yeah i played it a couple of times yeah yeah yeah
1: so you have a good idea then of what the golf course represents you know the layout yeah. and everything right is there anything special you're doing to prepare for next week or is it just similar to what you did this week to get ready for another link style course in royal st george's
3: no a lot of it's very similar i think obviously obviously the different golf courses. So there's going to be different, like I think here, it's sort of more focused on like driving it well. Uh, Whereas at St. Andrews, you can obviously get away with that a bit more. Uh, So next week it'll be a bit more iron shots, sort of like being really precise into the greens um, and then putting well, but you sort of have to put well everywhere if you want to do well. So uh, yeah, I'd say just just like my approach play really, looking at that sort of on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday.
1: Is there anything you can do to be ready for that atmosphere? For that craziness, for two hundred thousand people, which they sold tickets to for the week, hmm.
3: I don't I'd probably probably not in advance. i will probably just have to embrace it. Really, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible, really, with all the people there. So just enjoy it, I think, and just enjoy it, and just try and play the play play the best golf you can.
1: I love that attitude. I, I'm I'm with you. I think that if you just embrace it and you kind of revel in it and, and use it for inspiration, I think you do do, do very, very
3: well. Yeah. Do
1: you have a specific goal in mind for next week?
3: Not really. Obviously, I sit there at night and stuff and think, oh, it'd be nice to make the court. It'd be nice to win the silver medal. Who knows? I might even go on and have a really great week and finish top top 20, whatever. Um, but I think not really. I think I can't really go there with many expectations. that I just think just try and, just try and play as best golf I can and then just see really where I end up at, at the end of the week you have two pretty good weeks right now.
1: The European amateur team championships followed up by the 150th open championship at St. Andrews. What follows the open on your schedule the week after?
3: So the week after the open, there's a great Britain and Ireland match um, against Europe. Um, it's not been picked yet, but hopefully I can get picked for that. And I think that's in, I think it might be in Slovakia, I think. Um, so hopefully that, um, and then there's the English amateur championship, um, which is sort of near me. It's only about half an hour away from my house at a couple of golf courses that I know really well. Um, so looking forward to that. And then obviously fly out to, fly out to America on the 8th or 9th for the U.S. Amateur. So I uh, got, got a good four or five weeks, really, lined up uh, for golf. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you win the English Amateur Championship last year? Uh, no, I won the English Stroke Play. The okay. English Amateur is like the match play one. Um, yeah, I won the English Stroke Play last year.
1: All right. So you get at some point, you got to get geared up for coming over here to New York City and you're going to play Ridgewood and Arcola for the U.S. Amateur Championship. Do you have any questions for me about coming over here?
3: Uh, I'm not sure, really. Uh, Maybe just maybe just the best pizza restaurants in New York.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a long list. That's for sure. Uh, so your first request is pizza in New York City. All right. Well, I'll I'll have to text you after this interview, and I'll I'll get you a couple that you could check out for sure. That yeah, sounds good. Um, in advance of you coming over, if people want to follow you, like you just mentioned, you've got four or five great weeks of competition coming up. Is there a way that is there a website for you, or are you on social media, Instagram, Twitter? I mean, how can people keep track of you know all the different places you're playing and your scores and your results and how you're doing?
3: uh yeah so probably probably best on social media my Instagram's sam barstow seven and twitter handles sam j barstow i probably it'll be on there i'll retweet it repost it whatever um all the sort of stuff i'm playing in um so yeah probably just on that it's probably the best place
1: if you don't recognize that voice this afternoon i have sam barstow he's playing in the 150th open championships next week at saint andrews young stud player out of sheffield england This guy is the man, 12th ranked amateur in the world. But right now, we're going to have a little fun with him, a little uh, pro show tradition. We like to do a little rapid fire Q&A because all the listeners, they love to get to know my guests just a little bit more. So Sam, yep. I mean, this probably won't make you as nervous as the first tee next week at St. Andrews, but maybe it could be good preparation. So you up for this? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. yeah, All right, let's have some fun. The last song you downloaded,
3: I think it might be one of, one of Drake's new ones. off His new album, I think. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but I quite liked it, so I just downloaded it.
1: <laughs> All right, a Drake fan. Okay. Favorite app on your phone?
3: Um, prob- uh, probably Twitter, actually. Probably Twitter. quite like Twitter.
1: You're flying from London to New York. Who would you like to sit next to on that flight? And they can't be a golfer, and they can't be a family member.
3: Probably either Michael Jordan or The Rock, I reckon.
1: Oh, oh, all right, cool. On a scale of <laughs> one to 10, rate how cool you are?
3: Probably a five.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, you're like a 9.9 9 golfer. So I, I guess it all balances out. Uh, describe next week in one word. Special. Would you rather someone see all the photos in your phone or read all your text messages?
3: Probably the photos. There's some pretty funny ones on there.
1: <laughs> what trait best describes you?
3: Probably uh probably say hard working, I think. Hard working, go hard working.
1: Oh, I love that. The best advice you got recently?
3: Uh it was actually golf advice. And it was sort of it was when I was sort of not try not playing my best, and it was sort of try and hit a good shot, don't try and hit a shot that's not bad, sort of thing. So don't try and like try and hit a good shot instead of like trying to not hit a bad shot, if that makes sense.
1: No, that's a great perspective. All right, one more. When you hear the words, Champion golfer of the year. Who is the first person that comes to mind? Probably say Rory from the Hoy Lake. All right. 2014, right? All right. Yeah. I remember that story. Well, I'll tell you what. In a couple of years, it just might be you, Sam Barstow. I can't thank you enough for coming on the Pro Show this afternoon. And I look forward to meeting you in person when you come over here and play in the U.S. Amateur. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. All right, Wade Weezer. We are running fast into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening, everybody. to ESPN 920. Be back in a minute with a brief
0: weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show.
1: You know, there was no one there. Like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly fifteen years ago. So, got away with 650 G's, and now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work, but but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent, and they're just
0: sending him the checks. I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns your round into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be most motivated to keep pushing yourself further whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game the stick and act challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game get ready for the back nine as the pro show continues once again the director of fun keith stewart welcome back to the pro show on
1: espn 920 thanks for tuning in everybody i'm your host keith stewart i guess these two weeks mean so much to me because of my scottish roots Something about that golf just grabs my attention and won't let it go.
3: somebody would have told me, babe. these will be the good old
0: days.
1: These are the good old days. You know, I'll put that podcast up tonight on all platforms. You want to listen to us live, maybe over there in Scotland? 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just pay attention to the time change. Something else you better pay attention to? That's Read the Line. Go to ReadTheLine.com and subscribe.
0: I was thinking about the fans We were underground Loading merch in that 12 passenger van In a small club in Minnesota Oh man the snow outside That first beat hits nice
1: To close this show up here Mr. Song. Wade Weezer Good song For sure You and me Still growing up,
0: up. <laughs> Alright give me a little I Can I wait to get older Can I wait to be some Now that I'm here
3: Wishing I was still young
1: Oh, man, I can listen to that for a long time. But we got to jump to something else. Speaking of jumping to something else, man, I jumped into that Stealth driver this year. Played a little men's league on Wednesday night. I got talked into that. There wasn't like nine different basketball (laughs) camps to go to or whatever. And, uh, man, took home the money. You know why? Stealth was just killing it. Unbelievable. Stealth. I love that thing. You know, if you you have any questions at this point about the TaylorMade Stealth, There's only one place you need to go, everybody, and that's TaylorMadeGolf.com. Now, I tell you what, this isn't a plug, but it's a TaylorMade comparison. Mm -hmm. That's right. My man, Taylor Gooch, with his winning team of Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, and Captain Dustin Johnson, let it fly on Saturday after the big win by the four aces. That's the name of their team there on Live Golf. He said, and I quote, I've never been on a President's Cup or Ryder Cup team, but this event is just like the atmosphere of one of those. Really? Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: I
3: don't think so.
1: <laughs> the only thing better than Gooch's comment was Reed's face and DJ turning aside to laugh at the comment right next to him. Seems like Taylor Taylor Gooch only opens his mouth to change feet. I I love Justin Thomas' reaction to his statement on Monday when he was playing at the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, saying that the Dare Manor, which hosts the Ryder Cup in 2027, he goes, I mean, it feels pretty close to a Ryder Cup today. Jordan's amateur move. Jordan Spieth was competing in the first round, and we're, we're going back here to the J.P. McManus Pro-Am there, I, Mr. Yeah, Wade Weezer, yes, at Adair Manor on Monday, July 4th. And after seven holes, he scooped up his ball in the putting green because his team didn't need his score. Ooh, problem is the professionals were also competing in an individual tournament for score as well. As a result, Spieth was disqualified, got the old Dairy Queen on his scorecard there. and he But he did remain in the team competition. As a 25-year head professional, it helps... Me, to have a little sanity there at the end of the day to know that even the world's best make the same mistakes all the other golfers do. That's right. Pick it up. It's good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> come one, come all. You think next week is a big deal? Well, there were over 1.3 million ticket requests for the 150th Open Championship, and just shy of 300,000 general admission tickets were sold on top of players, media, staff, and volunteers. This will be the largest attended golf tournament in Europe, and quite possibly the world by the time they are done. They're just not saying no to anybody. The RNA has big plans for the entire week to celebrate. Um, The former open attendance record was set in 2000 when they had 239,000 fans. Well, wait, let's hope those big plans include a lot of grandstands. Yes. Just to give you an idea of how many people that is. The population on any given day of St. Andrews is (laughs) 18,410. Okay. So, yeah, they'll they'll be there. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, One more. They love golf. Two golfers arrived at Ballybunion in Ireland yesterday without any fanfare. They played 18 holes together and enjoyed one of Ireland's most fabulous and famous golf courses. There were no scorecards, stands, leaderboards, or galleries. Well, maybe there was a little gallery at some point. Those two golfers were Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Wow. I guess they really do love golf after all. And that's your Pro Show Update for the week ending July 8th, 2022. Thanks to our sponsors, Golf and new jersey golf foundation one more happy birthday to my dad and uh next week's show we're gonna have another conversation with across the pond as we talk to a legend from the rna producer wade Weezer, thanks for all you do on the board my man and of course you know i love my listeners so before i go i'm gonna leave you all with one brief thought about demeanor people may listen to your words but they get inspired by your attitude I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks
0: for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the tee next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.